Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. So welcome to this week's Z to A podcast with myself, Jules, and Mark. Hello. Hello there from the multi-award winning Future Toolbox. What we do is pick a letter from the alphabet and choose a topic and discuss how you can use our tools to improve your own personal development and life. So what have we chosen? What's this week's letter? Well, this week's letter is T for try. Oh, a rugby try. Do you know what? I knew you were going to say that. I mean, didn't you know, even I like plan that. Yeah, you're full of witty comments today. They're still in my job. It's nothing to do with rugby. Good. It's nothing to do with sport at all. It can be. We can link it to sport, but it's actually about effort. It is. So how much effort we put in. Yes. And sometimes effort is a lot of hard work, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. People do see it. It's like, yeah, why should I bother? Why yeah, bother? Why bother? I'm going to introduce our guest. We're really excited. We have a guest with us this week, and it's a really, really good friend of ours called... Jonathan Pittam. He's called Jonathan Pittam. That's your name, isn't it? It is, it is. Last time I checked, anyway. (laughs) So Jonathan has been a good friend of ours for a long time. We met through a training network. And you are an absolute expert on positive mental health and well-being. So tell our listeners, our wonderful listeners, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a some wellness educator, work in the corporate world. So I I help people in businesses to understand uh, mental health and wellness mostly work with the leadership so teaching managers how to understand wellness and all the aspects and how to support their employees when they're when they're struggling because obviously we know the the workplace can be quite a pressured competitive environment that a lot of people struggle in so as long as leaders know how to support those people people tend to find have a far more productive and enjoyable working life and that's really really key because this month's theme we're talking about exams and there might be some of our young listeners listening in today thinking why do we need a mental health expert in the workplace i'm still at school but the reason why we ask you to come along today is because the workplace and the school environment are both very very highly competitive places there's a lot of bravado in schools sometimes there's a lot of banter that can sometimes fly around schools and that can sometimes be taken in the wrong way so it's a very very similar environment but we wanted to bring your expertise in as well for these people who are sitting their exams Yeah, and obviously because of the link to the Mental Health Awareness Month, you are such an expert. I've picked you up now, haven't I? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say expert. What word should you be used loosely in society? Expert, I I think, as well. Yes, we're going to gain some good knowledge from you. you I've been around the block, yeah. (laughs) Um, So so I think in terms of the workplace, you've got, you do have, like in schools, you do have these, these, I guess, a clash of personalities at times, these things around bullying that yep. can happen there's so many things that people need to be able to handle which you know from it, it's not going to be different from school to the workplace it's just probably a larger version where everyone's a bit more uh, a bit older for those things where people do struggle I think the most important thing is having support networks so yes. whilst at school you know you've got your bunch of friends that you can rely on you can speak to your friends out of school your parents your family it's having a support network around you and those things don't automatically exist for everyone so I think we have to put them in place ourselves because there might be things that when you're in a struggle situation, whatever's happening, you might not realise certain things. But being able to share those with someone else might help you to see the woods for the trees. 
you might be able to see things from a different perspective. So I think, yeah, when you're in these these scenarios, these situations, it's building support networks that can help support you because they really are beneficial in the long run. They are. And, you know, that's something that we do advocate particularly for any teenagers that are going through the exam process at the moment or studying or revising is not to try and do it all on your own or be alone doing it because that can make your stress levels and anxiety go through the roof. But if you've got a support group that would could include your friends and your family whilst trying to do this, it, it helps to share that out. You have that help from from everybody else and it can just lessen that pressure, can't it? I guess if we take all these things on board and we're, we're bottling them all up and there's nowhere for them to go, eventually something's going to happen. So whether it manifests itself in us, you know, just having an outburst one day or just not being able to get out of bed another day, whatever it is, it's got to go somewhere, all that pent up energy. So I think having an, an outlet in the form of social connections or yeah. having outlets in the form of sports as well, you know, yeah. some sort of physical outlet. It could be a physical outlet, it could be a social outlet, but having something that you do when you start to notice that. And I think the key word there is notice. You've got to be learn to be more self-aware and notice when things aren't going well. How do I feel when I'm having a bad day? Ah, I could, I'll get butterflies in my stomach or I get tight jaw or headaches. Ah, maybe I need to speak to someone who's in my yeah. support network or maybe I need to go and exercise or do whatever I do to let it out. Score that try. Score that try. Score that try. (laughs) Try to score. score. (laughs) I'm going to go back to the word try. And there was a quote from Yoda who slightly maybe controversially on our subject said, do or do not, there is no try. I think he said that around making the commitment and giving it your all. Obviously, we meet a lot of teenagers who are doing their GCSEs or A-levels and graduates who are just about to sit their first, second or even final year exams. And they feel like there's time to give up. Uh, So if we take Yoda's quote there, do or do not, there is no try. What's your take on that? That's very zen, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. What was it? (laughs) (laughs) I love Star Wars. Do or do or do not, there is no try. I'm guessing it's either you do or you don't, there is no try. So you give it your all or you don't. Is that, is that what that, that is? I don't know. Yeah. It's quite cryptic. Yeah. Do or don't. I guess it's saying you you either did it or you didn't do it. Yeah. You did it or you didn't do it. And I guess maybe to take away from that is it's about making a decision. Is you, you know, are you going to do this thing? Um, It's not about trying, just you actually do it. And I think for people going through exams, yeah, you've just got to commit to yourself, haven't you, really? I think and decide what do you want from this? Yes, you might not want to revise. You might not want to do all those boring things. But what do you want in life? What's important to you? Is putting in a bit of effort now going to help to take you towards those things you want in life? Well, in that case, revise. If those, if it's not going to connect you to those bigger goals you've got, then maybe you, you're not going to do it. So I guess it's, it's find out what's important to you and bring those things back down to you as an individual. Yeah, that, that is good. And that was something that I was talking to somebody just recently about. And, you know, they were feeling the pressure of these coming months. And I sat back down with her and we said, do you know what? You're 16 years old and you're feeling the pressure at the moment. And, you know, you're not sure whether it's all completely worth it. But you are only 16. This is only a few months of your whole life. The reality is, why not give it a try? Because it's only for a short period. We were trying to put it into some kind of perspective. So it wasn't like all encompassing and taking over a whole life. When I think, well, you've got years ahead of you and you know what your goals are. This is only a very, very short period of your life to actually have to decide to do or not do. (laughs) 
Actually, yeah. I definitely would say. I think, yeah, in that situation, it's, it's maybe it's hard for the individual. When we're not in the situation with mm. them, we can be objective about it. But when you're in the situation, it's hard to be objective. And it's like when you compete in a sport, you're not thinking about the big picture. You're thinking, I've got to go out there and run and get this time, or I've got to score that try, to use these analogy you use, Jules. It's, it was so focused down. I think that's where our support networks can come in again. They can help us, give us the objectivity and see the woods for the trees. Yeah. What would add on to that as well is deciding what sort of person you want to be. You might not have an interest in those exams, but if you don't take part, you're saying to yourself, you send the message to yourself that you're someone who, when it gets difficult, you give up, you know? So do you want to be that sort of person that carries that habit onto later life? Or do you want to say, yeah, I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway? That's a good one. I think Yoda's quote as well, perhaps he's trying to say that a lot of people use the word try as an excuse. So they might do no revision. They don't ask any questions of things they don't understand. They're really despondent about it all. They rock up for their exam and then they go, well, I tried. It's like, well, you didn't really, (laughs) did you? you? So people sometimes don't make that commitment for the effort. But I've got another Yoda quote for you, because I know you like your Star Wars. (laughs) Yoda also said the greatest teacher failure is because he spoke a bit weird didn't he he didn't say failure is the greatest teacher he just said it the other way around so his his quote was the greatest teacher failure is yeah maybe in his english classes he failed (laughs) (laughs) you fail english that's impossible (laughs) fail english you must (laughs) but i think he flips the sentences very to make them sound more cryptic i guess if you don't try something you're not gonna get the chance to fail so maybe a lot of people might fear failing so they don't even try there could be something that got attached to the idea of failing but uh, i can say from my experience as a boxing coach in my voluntary time i encourage people to make mistakes just try it and if you get it wrong it doesn't matter you've just learned okay that didn't work in that scenario doesn't mean it won't work in another scenario i will say when the guys say to me was that right say well did you get punched in the face because clearly in boxing if you get in the face clearly what you've done isn't isn't effective so if you're not willing to make mistakes, you're not willing to experiment. And if you're not willing to experiment, you're unlikely to learn the best way to do things or better ways. So I think you have to be willing to embrace uh, getting things wrong and making mistakes. Yeah, that's really great advice because we've talked about this in a lot of our podcasts about failure and failure equals success. We've also talked about the myth where a lot of people think failure and success are opposite. We always use a good story about Thomas Edison who tried around about 10,000 experiments mm-hmm. to try and invent a light bulb. And he was trying, he was doing, mm-hmm. definitely he was doing if Yoda's going to pick me up on that one. But every time he, what we would class as a failure, failed in his experiment, he saw it as a success and said, I've not failed. I've just successfully identified another way and how not to invent a light bulb. And then didn't try the same way again. So I think the word try is very, very powerful. If we're putting the effort in and in Yoda's quote there, we are doing, we are actually making the effort. I'm going to ask you for a bit of advice for some of these teenagers, young adults that are maybe going out there to sit their exams in maybe a few weeks time. They might think it's too late. I haven't really done the work, haven't revised hard enough, or I don't understand this. I don't get this bit here. Perhaps I should give up now. What would you say to somebody in that situation? I think it just goes back to what we were talking about a moment ago. If you, if someone thinks they're about to give up, you're creating that habit or you potentially laying the foundation of that to become a habit as you go through life. Every time something gets difficult, I give up. So then you take that to the workplace, you get asked to do something um, that could have proven your abilities and taken you to another level, but you gave up because it felt uncomfortable. You get asked to deliver a presentation at work, you pull out because it's gonna be uncomfortable. What are you doing? You're reinforcing the idea that when the going gets tough, that you give up. 
So I would say to that person, yes, it's uncomfortable. Life isn't supposed to be comfortable. Get used to stepping into a bit of discomfort because if you get used to it at a young age, you're going to thrive when you get older as opposed to those people that hide and try and insulate themselves from failure. They're the ones that are going to fail further down the line. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember when I was at school, I was a very shy, very nervous person, young young girl. And for some bizarre reason, and I still can't work out how I ended up being in the regional championships for shot put, little me. My dad came with me and we turned up for these games. I remember going up to meet everybody else I was up against. And I don't think I even got up to their waist in height (laughs) because I was quite a smallish girl. And and I I just looked at them and I was like, there's no chance. There's no chance I can beat these. I didn't even try. My dad was absolutely livid with me, livid with me because I didn't even give it an attempt. I gave up at the very, very, very first hurdle and said, can't do this. I'll never beat them. And I just literally went and stood up to the thing. And instead of even trying to throw it, I just went poof like that. just dropped the ball. (laughs) It's easily done though, isn't it? I think because what's going through our mind at that point when we're about to do something, I've been in a situation, I remember running 400 metres as a youngster and I started off amazingly. I thought, I'm going to thrash everyone. I was, I was ahead at 100 metres, gets into the second 100 metres. I suddenly realised I can't breathe. <laughs> Third 100 metres, I'm virtually, I'm jogging. The final, I'm walking. And I came last. And for me, it was really painful. I always call the 400 metres. It's what I call it, the, the man maker. It's the hard, to me, it's one of the hardest distances because it's, it's a sprint, but it's pretty far. But then you learn from that. You go, okay, why did that go so badly wrong? It went wrong because I didn't pace myself. It went wrong because I wasn't focusing on my breathing. It went wrong because I put absolutely everything in and I hadn't trained hard enough to do it. So then therefore go back and work on those things. Then next time round, easy sailing. So actually it's just all about feedback. If you see a failure as the end point, then you're not going to take anything from it and you won't carry on. But if you see it as this is why I got it wrong, I'm going to change those things and try again. I do remember that episode because as a child growing up, to start off with, I used to swim for the school and then I did gymnastics and I loved them and I, I would absolutely give it my all and I would train and train and train. But this was so alien to me, this whole sport. But the greatest thing that I took away from it, and I remember how upset my dad was because I didn't try and I felt like I'd let him down. It wasn't that I'd let me down. I'd let him down and I'd let everybody else down because I didn't do that. And I remember that feeling of, oh, I don't think I want to feel that again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's knowing what's going through your mind at that point, isn't it? Everyone who turns up at the start line for a race or for, for the shop or whatever has got different things going through their mind. One of them might have, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to thrash everyone. Another person, like maybe it was yourself, Jules, this is going to be really bad. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to lose. What we're telling ourselves determines what happens next. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who is in that scenario and you, you get those thoughts, maybe start to challenge them. Obviously, before the race, if you're feeling nervous, why am I feeling this way? What do I think is going to go wrong? What's the worst that could happen? Address those things. And then obviously, once we've addressed the beliefs, we're likely to feel differently. And if we like to feel differently, we're going to behave differently in the situation and get a different Absolutely. outcome. Yeah, it was a good lesson. I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> they stick with us. I remember being told I was a quitter at school by, I was sort of recruited by another football team to go and play for a better team. And I was told I was a quitter by a manager. That stuck with me. So those messages, and you, if you, you hear them from an adult, you might believe them. And you start to think that. And if you think that, you act in that way. Yeah, it's your belief system that then Mm. kicks in, isn't it? So you need to have a belief system of try your best. 
and doing your best is often more important than being the best yeah absolutely you can control how you yeah. how much effort you put in you can't control the result no i've got another quote here he's full of them today isn't he <laughs> <laughs> is that what you've I know, been doing this morning i know jonathan likes quotes that's why i found lots i of love them. a good yeah. quote well when i looked it up it was attributed to wc fields but it was also attributed to about 100 other people as well. So I'm going to credit WC Fields in this one, but it was somebody else that may have said it. And it says, if at first you don't succeed, try again. I think that really sums up what you just say in there. If something doesn't go right, you find out what didn't work. Like Thomas Edison, celebrate the failures Mm -hmm. as well as the successes and think, okay, I'm never going to run my 400 metres like that again. I'm going to go out and pace myself properly. I failed that exam. I didn't revise properly. So let's, as you're saying, Jonathan, create some really good habits. Mm. So if you, at first you don't succeed, then try again. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. And also, even if you repeatedly failed at something, let's say me at school, I, I, I mean, I passed most of my GCSEs, but I didn't excel in at all of them. I excelled more in languages and French. But so I, let's say I did maths and I got a D and then I got a D and then I get to a D. That might tell me, rather than actually try again, it might tell me that actually I'm not drawn to maths. Maybe yeah. if I put that effort, that time and energy into getting better at French and Spanish, then I'd excel because I'm, I'm working in alignment with my strengths. Because you can't be good at everything, can you? And I think, you know, you come away from things saying, oh, I did rubbish in that math exam. Maybe I'm just not that way inclined and I'm not interested in maths at all. Focus that time and energy on things that interest me and excite me. So, yes, I get the, if it's something you want to do well, you want to stick with, yes, keep trying, educated failures, you know, take feedback from why it went wrong and try and improve on them. But sometimes maybe you've just got to cut your losses and realize this isn't for me. Move on. Because if I hadn't done that in my life, I'd be I'd still be working in marketing. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant advice because a lot of people tend to knock themselves down if they're not particularly good at something. For example, if you go onto the football pitch and you're a goalkeeper, you're probably not going to focus on shooting to try and score a goal. Whereas if you're a forward, you're probably going to practice taking penalties or free kicks more than you are on trying to save goals with your hands because that's not your strong point. And I guess that's a real key thing for somebody who's maybe sitting there GCSEs and they're sitting there thinking, do you know what? This particular subject's not my strong point, but I'm really good at that one. Mm. Why not go into the school and focus on the bit that you're really, 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 really good at? And put all your time and effort into that. And I'm not saying give up on the subject that you're not so good at, but put all your effort into your strengths. Yeah, that's that's good advice. And I guess the idea, build on your strengths, manage your weaknesses. You want to get through, if it was me at school, you know, work hard at the French because that's why I'm going to excel and then manage, do enough to get through the maths exam so I can get that passing grade. But know that I'm never going to be a mathematician. That's really, really good advice, because I think sometimes they end up having lots of exams and that pressure is to know everything about all those subjects. That's a lot for any person, isn't it? So, yeah, really focus on the ones that you're good at or possibly the ones that you know that you really need for that goal that you've got post the exams. That makes a lot of sense, I think, because otherwise, if you spread your energy and try and give equal energy to all, let's say, the 10 subjects, but your your strengths like this end, it makes more sense to put more time and effort into those ones where you're good at and that are important to you. But you know what I would say? I mean, if I use my 400 meter example, it was not about the effort. It's that my game plan, my thinking ahead was all wrong. My planning was all wrong. So it could be like the child at school is going to go into the exam. They know everything about the subject, but they haven't really planned how they're going to answer the questions. 
So it comes back to strategy, doesn't it? It's not just I'm going to turn up and just blurt out everything on the subject. It's I'm going to think, how do I answer that question in a way that will give me the maximum grade? So it's thinking about our approach before we enter that performance situation. Yeah, it's all part of that process, isn't it? I guess going through past exam papers so you can see the likelihood of what sort of questions you're going to have and seeing how the marking of the papers is going to be as well. And so when you actually sit in there, have a strategy for the exam of, okay, so I'm going to do the easy ones first and then just focus on one or two of the big ones. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, a game plan, isn't it? It's a game plan, isn't it? There's a book I read a couple of years ago called Three Feet from Gold by Sharon L. Lecter. And it's basically a story about a guy who went into the gold rush in Central America or somewhere like this. Yeah, It's a really, really fascinating story because... This guy went there with absolutely no experience of gold digging. But what he realized was a lot of people were digging a lot of holes and not finding the gold. So he figured that if he'd go and dig a little bit further in them, he might find the gold. And he did, because it was amazing how many people would dig, get three feet from gold, turn around and give up because they never knew the gold was there. So this chap just went in, used all the equipment was there and became very, very rich because he didn't give up. He just took on somebody else's failure, I suppose and learn from their mistakes. What a great way, learn from somebody else's oh, mistakes. Yeah. So I guess that's probably a really good message we can give to these guys here. We were sitting there thinking, exam time in three weeks, I don't think I can do this. And then their mindset is given up, not necessarily them are given up. Yeah, that'd be frustrating, wouldn't it? It's like the guy who didn't hire the Beatles. Those sorts of people where you think, actually, if I just carried on a little bit more, imagine like you do the same lottery numbers every week, then you haven't won for 51 weeks or 52 weeks, then you give up, and the next week so that your numbers come up and someone else gets them. I mean, I don't know what that would do to your mind. So I guess it's knowing educated pressure, I guess. It's that I'm going to keep trying, but I've got a point where I know, okay, it's futile after this point. So I think if we're, if you're somebody who gives up, oh, I've shoveled the gold for two hours, nothing's come up. Well, realistically, I would want to know, okay, on average, when people have found gold, how long have they had to dig for? Just like with the exam, when people pass the exam, how many hours revision have they had to put in? And if, you know, on average to get an A, someone's had to put in 40 hours of revision and you quit after 15 hours, then you know you're not going to get there. How much time and effort do I need to do to get to my goal? And if you quit before that, well you wouldn't be surprised that you don't get the result you want. Well, I suppose it's a message to anybody sitting in the exam, but it's not just about exams. It's about life, isn't it? It's about everything of giving it a go, isn't it? Just try. If you wanted to be, I don't know, let's say if you want to be the world's next world champion golfer Mm. and you think, well, I'm going to practice golf for 30 minutes a week, but you know that Tiger Woods used to have to practice for, I don't know, 90 hours a week, then clearly you're not going to reach the level of that you want to get to. I guess the message that comes from that is if you're aiming for grades and exams, so a GCSE grade nine or an A-level grade A or a first class honours, they are the top grades and they're very, very difficult to achieve. If you got the grade that was one below, it would still be good enough. And it's the same as your golf analogy there. Tiger Woods is the absolute best in the world and he hit that top level. But maybe do we need to be Tiger Woods or could we be the person that's somewhere a little bit lower and take that pressure off of ourselves? Yeah, that's it. It's knowing what, what your destination is. Where do I want to be? What do I need to get there? If Let's say, for example, if we're, I don't know, we're going to run 100 metres and I'm running against my mum and my gran. I know that I don't have to put go all out to win. I could probably just jog and I, I'd win. So it's knowing what you the amount of effort you need to put in to get to where you want to get to. If, yeah, if you don't want to be... To the next Tiger Woods you don't have to put in the effort that Tiger Woods had to put in but if you do you might have to even go beyond what he had to put in 
So I'm going to ask you one last question just to wrap up. We talked earlier about mental health awareness. We talked about stress and exams. And we also talked about your great work you do in the workplace. So I'm a teenager. I'm really stressed leading up to my exams. The weight of the world's on my shoulders. I can't wait to get them out of the way. What final bit of advice would you give to me just to help me to relax and take that pressure off? Yeah, it's a big one. I'll probably answer it in a few bits. First of all, I think, use an analogy from the world of sport, just putting 100% effort in constantly isn't going to get you the best result. Now, in the world of fitness, there's something called interval training, where you work hard, recover, work hard, recover. And over time, when you put those blocks of intense work together, you've got a long period of intense work, but you haven't completed it all in one go. So when it comes to revision and things like that, it's not about just hours spent. It's about the quality So having a plan of how you're going to do those things and manage your energy, your mental energy and your focus would be something like, I'm going to do, spend four hours doing it today. I'm going to do 20 minutes of work, revision, five minutes go and just look out the window or check your phone, whatever it is you want to do. 20 on, five off, 20 on, five off and keep that going until you've got four hours worth of uh, intense work. So that's the first one. It'd be energy management. Secondly would probably be decide what you want to get out of this and then apply your, your schedule to that. Do you want to be an A-star student? If you do, then you need to decide how much effort needs to go into that. And if you if you don't want to be an A student, it won't be probably as much effort. So it'd be energy management, decide where you want to be. And the final thing would be just step into the discomfort because this sort of pressured scenario is going to happen again and again in your life. If you're the sort of person that says now at 15 or 16, I don't like pressure, I'm going to hide from it you're gonna carry that into later life and you will come up in situations where you come unstuck because you've not been able to handle pressure. So please just take on situations that feel uncomfortable, that do apply pressure because you're growing and becoming more resilient as a person. So please embrace those situations when they arise. Wow, that's brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much. Well, we've been joined by Jonathan today who's given us some real wisdom and expertise on mental health how to try, or as Yoda says, do or do not. And also <laughs> maybe put some interval training into your revision and study. So the last thing just to tell our wonderful listeners is they might want to tap you up for some expertise. How do they do that? Where do they find you? Yeah, uh, people can find me on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. It's, it's uh, Jonathan Pittam. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Pittam. That's P-I-T-T-A-M. And it's Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Find me on LinkedIn and I'm on Spotify. My podcast is called The Wellbeing Wire. And I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. Website is www.mindbodyconsulting.co.uk. If you want to find me, tap me up for any information or any ideas. I'm always happy to talk to people. That's fabulous. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, hasn't it? Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. So where do we find the Future Toolbox? Well, you can find us. We're everywhere too, as well. (laughs) You can go to our website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk. We're also on social media. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. You can also find us on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our blog, LinkedIn. In fact, we are everywhere. And we really look forward to catching you next week. And once again, we thank Jonathan for coming along. And I think we'll have him back again in the future, won't we? Absolutely. Thank you for coming along. Cheers, guys. See you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox.
Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Future Toolbox and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.